Do the Google and Apple app stores have a monopoly? Are they abusing that monopoly? Are they stifling innovation? There are laws being developed by various governments that are aimed at breaking up the monopoly that Google and Apple have on app stores. If you could vote on these new laws, how would you vote? If you're new to my channel, One Direct Democracy is a movement for upgrading the global democratic system by taking power away from politicians and putting it in the hands of the people by using direct democracy. It'll also eliminate left and right politics. I've created the technology and a plan for how to make it work. If you want more information, check the links in the description. For each episode, I'll pick an important issue, outline the problem, suggest solutions, and then you can decide how you would vote. In this case, we're talking about the monopoly that Google and Apple have on the mobile app stores. Okay, if you're just looking for another talking head that isn't actually interested in doing anything, you're in the wrong place. If you want to be part of the solution, let's get into it. The Senate Judiciary Committee in the United States passed a new bill in February called the Open App Markets Act. It specifically targets Apple and Google's mobile app stores and the restrictions they put on developers. Okay, so let's take a look at a summary of what this bill is trying to achieve. According to this article from CNBC, the bill would make it so that app stores with more than 50 million US users cannot require developers to use the platform's payment system as a condition for distribution. Okay, so right now developers cannot send you off the app store to their own website so that you can buy their app. You must use the payment system provided by Google and Apple. They also can't prevent or punish developers for offering their apps at different price points elsewhere. The app store fees are 30%, so developers know that if they can offer their app through their own website, they can usually offer it at a discount to you. It would also additionally require app stores to allow developers to directly reach their users for legitimate business purposes. So right now, developers of an app cannot contact you directly. The only way they can contact you is through the app delivered through the app store. The legislation addresses key gripes app developers including Spotify, Epic Games, Basecamp and others have raised about Apple and Google's fees for distribution and prohibition on the ways in which they can communicate with customers or offer lower prices elsewhere. For those of you that have been following this in more detail, you know that there was a lawsuit between Epic and Apple and the judge ended up ruling mostly on Apple's side. The App Store operators have opposed the bill as originally drafted, warning it could jeopardize customer privacy and result in a worse user experience. Well, it sounds like a pretty weak response for obvious reasons, but this is the actual response from a spokesperson from Apple. We're deeply concerned that the legislation, unless amended, would make it easier for big social media platforms to avoid the pro-consumer practices of Apple's App Store and allow them to continue business as usual. It does so by mandating that Apple allow the sideloading of apps and app stores that need not comply with the app store's pro-consumer privacy protections. Okay, so sideloading just means that you can go to the developer's website and download the app directly. Now the reference to big social media platforms here is obviously a reference to Facebook. Apple's trying to present itself as a more responsible organization when it comes to managing your privacy. Okay, let's listen to what the senators behind the bill have to say your world look like you know if this bill garner support if it comes to pass uh, goes into practice how would it change the experience that a lot of us users have as it relates to using especially in the us here our iphones in the app store those third party apps and developers would have equal access without these exploitive fees okay so the issue of exploitative fees is an interesting one one of the first things that apple did when this whole issue started to become a thing was that they reduced the 30% fee to 15% for small developers. The fact that they did this so quickly and they dropped the number by 50% really just tells me that this is um, an admission of guilt. 
They obviously knew that they were overcharging small developers. Apple's argument is that the 30% number is justified because it brings customers to the apps that the developers otherwise would not get. But this is not completely accurate. I happen to know something about this world and I know that if I developed a new app and I put it on the App Store tomorrow, it's likely going to result in zero downloads. The reality of the situation is that I'll have to promote the app myself using my own time and expense and I'll have to promote it outside of the Apple ecosystem and then I'll be bringing people into the Apple ecosystem where they will then download the app. So what's really happening in that scenario is that I am bringing customers to Apple and as a result of me bringing customers to Apple, Apple is rewarding me by taking 30%. That's obviously not fair. To elaborate on that, does that mean that I as a user might have multiple app stores on my phone? Um, are these provisions that would more relate to developers and their ability to kind of have that one-on-one -on -one data relationship with me as the customer and have better communications? Um, what is the end goal here? Well, you will see a little bit of all of that. You would have other app store opportunities if you get rid of some of this anti-competitive behavior. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you end up with multiple app stores on your phone. This would obviously be fantastic for consumers, but Apple and Google are going to hate it for obvious reasons. And being forced to use the app store's uh, in-app payment system, preventing developers from communicating directly with consumers. Okay, so developers currently have no way of directly communicating with any of their customers. So again, if I created an app and I put it on the App Store and then you became a customer, there's no way for me to directly communicate with you. If you bought something from my website, then I have your either your email address or your phone number so I can directly communicate with you. But in this case, Apple doesn't allow that. So if we go back to the example that I mentioned earlier, where I create an app, I put it on the App Store, then I promote my app outside of Apple. I bring customers to Apple who then download my app. And then after all of that, Apple charges me 30%, even though I'm the one that brought them customers. And on top of that, they're not letting me contact or communicate with my customers directly. There's just no way that Apple can argue that there's anything fair about this arrangement. It's being made here that if Apple and Google, just for example, do not control some of that in-app payment system, some of the other application distribution tools that you could open a lot of consumers up to fraud, to cybersecurity issues, to privacy issues. Many of the things that these gatekeepers, so to speak, do is protect people's privacy and user data. That's the case they would make, right? That's the case they are trying to make. It is totally a pretext to maintain their monopoly position. And it is not only disingenuous, it's ironic because they're the ones who are actually invading privacy and stealing data from the developers. And all the while they're saying, oh, well, we're the privacy protectors. In fact, our legislation in Section 4 has a specific provision that protects privacy even more than it is now. So this kind of argument is totally bogus. This view that Apple and Google are taking about the privacy risk and the risks associated with the payment system are completely ridiculous. We all know that 
people spend billions of dollars per day buying products from small businesses. Okay, so that's a summary of the issues. The question is, if you had the ability to vote on this bill, how would you vote? Let me know what you think in the comments. The reality is that we've reached a point in time where representative democracy is no longer serving the will of the people, and technology has solved the problems that made direct democracy impractical. That's why I created One Direct Democracy. It's a movement for upgrading the global democratic system by taking the power away from politicians and putting it in the hands of the people by using direct democracy. I've created the technology and a plan for how to make it work. We also don't have to convince any politicians or powerful people to do anything to make this happen. We have the power to make it happen ourselves, we just have to decide to do it. If you're new to all of this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, check the other videos on my channel and the links in the description. Direct democracy is the purest form of democracy. Representative democracy is an outdated, blunt instrument.